This episode of Inflow with Soul deals with subjects pertaining to death and suicide. If this topic is triggering to you, please skip this episode or do not listen without the proper support. If at any time during the podcast you become triggered, please stop this episode and seek support. You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration, space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Well, I would like to welcome you all again to another episode of In Flow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and I am here today with Peggy Green. Peggy Green is a mother. She's an author. She wrote the book titled Life After Child Loss, The Mother's Survival Guide to Cope and Find Joy. She is a speaker and a grief coach. Peggy, thank you so much for being here today. Yes, thanks, Mary. I really appreciate it. Well, I really want to get into the topic uh, that you are an expert in here, this topic of grief, Um, you know, especially after this past year of COVID. um, There's a lot of things that a lot of us had to let go of or or couldn't uh, continue to enjoy. And although that's opening up now, I think there's been a lot of... um, there's been a lot of hurt. And even if, uh, even I'm even thinking of things like weddings and funerals and births and all of those, I mean, get a little emotional myself. A lot of those life experiences that maybe we didn't get to do the way we wanted to. So c- clearly you can see grief is, a, is a, an important topic to me. And I'm really, really honored to have you with us today. So typically what I, I'd like to do is to talk, first of all, a little bit about you as a businesswoman, and then we'll get into your area of expertise on grief. So if you would, tell me a little bit about your story, about how you came into this business of, of grief coaching. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in the health and wellness arena for, oh, officially for 14 years. Um, prior to that, it was all unofficial, but I uh, have a degree in exercise science. And I chose that route because I wanted to get the gold standard personal training certification, which I graduated with my degree and became a personal trainer, helping others in, um, really to achieve optimal health and wellness. And then I was introduced into a nutritional product, which I also highly believe in and as such that it's it's fruits and vegetables and a capsule and that it made sense Mm -hmm. to be able to partner those two things together i've also been a wellness coach um, with corporations and helping them in doing that so i've had a lot of coaching experience 
And then my son took his life in December of 2018. And for one year following, I did blogging essentially on Facebook. I shared my experience, my heartache, being vulnerable in what I was going through. Yet on the other hand, not only that, but I was sharing how I was getting through it. Because when we back up to 30 years ago from now, is I also lost a child, a nine-month-old child, in a daycare accident. Mm. And in between the loss of my son and my daughter, both my parents have passed, my sister, nieces, cousins, and friends. So the magnitude of my loss has been huge, just absolutely huge. Yet I have found a way to make it through these. And so what I've done is brought together all the things that I've been using over the past 30 years to help me to be able to get it through this unique loss. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's unique, it's complex, because it's by choice, and it's an intentional. That's what makes suicide so different. And so I've pulled together all these resources, because when I was blogging on Facebook, everybody's like, you got to write a book you got to write a book because this is helping me. And it was helping others through not only through loss of life, but through other grief losses um, at that time, you know, divorces, jobs, hearts, even relationships. And so I said, okay, but I made it. I wanted to allow myself, I gave myself permission to grieve and heal for a year, over a year before I even attempted to put this down on paper. Because I felt sure. that it was really important for me to be able to make it through my loss before I could even help others. Now, granted, it was cathartic in writing the book as well. Sure. Then I brought together, it's like, what did I use to get through all of these events? And that's what brought together the book, Life After Child Loss. And so those are my personal and practical experiences, which I have used to be able to get there. And so I'm combining personal experience, professional experience as a coach to be able to take it through this thing called grief. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I personally find about grief is that it it seems unique to me. Like there's a lot of things that I feel like I can endure and I can take on. Um, Grief is like a Achilles heel. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But what... Is it from your perspective as a, an expert in this area, what is it, does, is grief different? And if it is, what makes grief so much different than other emotions that are, are, are also difficult to manage? Well, Mary, I really think that grief is different because we fail to recognize it. Um, and talking about just American culture is that so many times, because it's not understood, that so many times people are expected to get over their loss. I'll speak more specifically to child loss, just because I think in itself, it's even more unique in that subject. Child loss can be an elephant in the room. You know, when my daughter passed away within my own family, she wasn't spoken of, including her dad. And when my son passed away, you know, a child loss and then doubling that with suicide, you know, suicide and some of the stigmas and and so many things associated with that, it also became, wanted to become that elephant in the room, but I refused to let that happen. 
I wanted to give a voice to suicide um, and to it's it's a terrible place to even have to be picking up the pieces afterwards, but it happens, and that's why I'm here in this place is to help others. And so we just need to be able to understand it and recognize that it happens and mm -hmm. give ourselves permission to experience those. We don't, as a culture, we expect people to return back to work and be normal. Yeah. And there's no yeah. timeline to grief. It's unique. There's mm -hmm. a healthy way to grieve. And if you continue to grieve heavily and mourn and show some of the outward expressions two, three, four years, then it's turned into something else. You know, on okay. average, it's anywhere from 12 to 24 months where you start to feel better. And that's an average, but you're the judge of that. But again, being able to evaluate whether it's healthy or not. Yeah. So grief is something we are all going to experience at some point. And, and again, to me, I guess in my own mind, that is part of what makes is my, per my perplexion, my confusion over what makes it so difficult because we do. Like, we grew up with pets dying. We grew up with, I grew up on a farm, right? There's a lot of life and death on the farm. And um, so the question I'm going to ask could be arrogant. I don't know. But really, is there any way to prepare yourself or to be preemptive knowing that everyone that I love on this day, someday I'm going to lose? Is there any way to prepare for that before it, I get to that date when the loss happens? Yeah, I really think what this is, is understanding that we're humans and we're going to experience and feel those emotions. We're going to grieve when somebody dies that we love, but then also recognizing, like I said, there, there's a death on, on a farm, that there's death in humans and recognizing that it will happen, that it's part of this circle of life, that, you know, it will happen. You know, people are born, people die. And being able to accept that as part of it, because we cannot change it. We're not there yes. yet. Nothing's been invented to change it. And so to spend time wishing mm -hmm. and longing for something that's not going to happen does not serve you anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. being able to let go of a wish that won't come true and to be able to step into your new reality. So I think in preparing ourselves for it, and then I think even having that conversation and thinking about it. How am I going to respond? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, you know, mm -hmm. thinking about your own mortality is like, how would you respond if your spouse dies? Right. Even thinking about it's like, how would I want them to respond when I pass away? I think that's a right. huge piece as well is because if I were to pass away and I have two girls now, I would want them to, yes, mourn me, miss me, but yes, continue, carry on. They have lives worth living. I could not less let loss define you, but yeah. to define you is to look at it as opportunities to be able to say, okay, this has happened. What can I do moving forward? Okay. So I think that's great uh, recommendation. A, you know, just thinking about 
I'm, I'm going to be passing on, my, my close ones are going to be passing on, and, and kind of mentally rehearsing what that could be, how would I want it to be. The other th- piece, too, that I think goes along with that is even now, because one of the things I heard you say a few minutes ago is, uh, or I think I heard you say, is that we tend to kind of avoid these emotions, right? We, we put them away. And so rather than like when small losses happen in our lives, it's a... I, as small disappointments here and there, being willing to give ourselves permission to feel that loss and, and to feel that disappointment and to realize that it, as painful as it is, it's not going to kill me. It's not going to destroy me. And if I can build up maybe some um, practice in, in being with painful emotions, knowing that they're not going to overtake me, that might be another way to prepare myself for more uh, intense emotional experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And understanding that your grief, I really believe this, is so tied to the love that we have with someone. You know, um, we hear in the news on a regular basis people that are passing away from natural causes, from COVID, from automobile accidents, and even tragedies. And yes, my heart goes out for them, and I grieve them in a different way that I grieve my children. Um, You know, and so it's, it's that perspective. I really think, you know, in my, in my program that I do now, the Hope and Healing After Loss program, I actually start with acceptance and being able to accept your loss. Um, because once you have been able to accept it, it, then you can give yourself permission to grieve and say, okay. okay. And then give yourself permission to heal. And mm-hmm. so I really think that Really just understanding that this is something that isn't going to change. Okay. And is that what you mean by acceptance? It's just, it is, it, it is. It is what it is. We don't, I don't have any magic powers to do that. Mm-hmm. And depending on a person's belief, if you believe in God, you believe in heaven, there is that hope that you're going to see your loved one again. I personally sure. believe in that. And I think that's good enough reason <laughs> to believe in God. But if you sure. don't, don't feel the pressure to explore it and see. But for me, that gives me that hope that I know that I will see them again. And so it's like, yeah, it, and it's not easy to accept. And it's not easy to go, mm-hmm. you know, I won't see them. But if we continue to focus on, it's the stories we tell ourselves. If you continue to tell yourself that you won't receive a text, you won't see them again, you'll never, ever, ever, ever get over your loss. Well, first of all, you won't ever get over it. Um, you will pass through and you will start to heal. But if those are the stories that you tell yourself, then that's what it's going to continue to be. If you say, very oh, good point, this is a crappy situation. I don't like being here, but what am I going to do with it? And, and I really believe it's about making choices. You can either choose to try to move through this, you know, take the steps forward, get some help, or you can stay stuck and continue to grieve and mourn. And I really think that, you know, out of your mourning, most people can move through that. A lot of people get help. They get coaches to help work through that, just like your professional sports people have mm-hmm. coaches and a coach to move through this because our traditional culture no longer supports the grief process. People have to return to work. I mean, I think the average is three days and, you know, really to go back to work three days after you've lost a child or a family member, you know, it's, it's really horrendous. And so that's why people hire coaches to do that and help you to actually process and 
learn those coping skills because I know I didn't have them originally in tools that I've learned and, and accumulated through the years. Okay. So once we're in that space where we've experienced a major loss, um, suddenly our worlds seem like they've turned upside down, uh, or often that's, that's the description that I've heard and that I've experienced myself. So what I'm wondering is what are some of those experiences within the, um, grief experience that are typical that, that we keep telling ourselves that I shouldn't. Uh, for instance, uh, one of the things that I have often heard is that foggy thinking, right? I just, I can't, I can't rub two thoughts together. I forget what I'm doing um, as a symptom of grief, right? So what are some other symptoms or experiences that the person who is grieving is going to go through? And that is a normal part of the process. Does that make sense? Right. Well, you know, not everybody's going to experience everything and it's unique experiences, but coming from that personal training background, I actually worked with clients who had lost and knowing from myself. So even looking at simple things of, you know, having migraines, headaches, you know, nausea, inability to sleep, anxiety, um, stomach upset. And so those are things that are symptoms in, in the grief brain and um, you know, inflammation in your body and fatigue, the lack of desire to do anything. And those all can be changed when you combine the right tools and resources. So I really start with the physical, including exercise and nutrition. Mm-hmm. So many people That's where you start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talk okay. about acceptance. We talk about fear yeah. and getting through your grief, but really the big piece is I start with the physical of exercise and nutrition because this is something that is neglected in, in the bigger yeah. arena. It is not covered. So, you know, I was even doing, reviewing my notes for a talk I'm doing this coming weekend, talking about nutrition and the association of the simple things that we do just in, in, in a capsule. Our gut, our stomach is our second brain, okay? Mm -hmm. And that second brain controls your physical, mental, and emotional wellness. So if you're feeding it processed foods, causing more inflammation, that's the what you put in is what you're going to get out. And we don't realize the impact that it has because if you are mucking it up with processed foods, sugars, gluten, dairy, then Mm -hmm. that impacts your ability to think, you know, your attitude, your um, physical state of being, whether or not you can get up and move or not. And so I encourage people to start with simple forms of exercise and proper nutrition. And then it's amazing because when you start exercising, you start producing those hormones that we need to help elevate over here. So it's so interconnected. And that's, you know, where I come from, that whole coaching coaching and health and wellness arena is that this is different than your traditional talk therapy. Right. So what does grief coaching then look like? So you, you mentioned uh, talk therapy. How, how is grief coaching different and or similar to talk therapy? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, one of the good things with COVID is that we've made the um, Zoom connections much easier and, and um, more people understand it. So with that, I do virtual connections with, um, with my clients and we meet once a week. So I have a program which I follow. So there's dedicated topics. And of course, you know, somebody has something else that we that they need to talk about. We do so, mm-hmm. but I give us something specific to focus on each week. And with that sure. specific action steps, and then I hold them accountable. Think about it just as far as other coaching, there's a degree of, of accountability um, mm-hmm. and saying, okay, let's try this. You know, let, let's do it this way. I've done it. This is what I view. So I'm not giving you something that you, that I can't prove, you know, that, that yeah. hasn't worked. And so being able to do that. And so for me, the systems that I use is that it's a combination of all kinds of different things so that there is some videos, which um, they can watch and listen to. And then, you know, some thought provoking process. So there is some of that in your traditional type. But then it also mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now we have this information. What do we do with it? Let's move forward. Right. I think so much of your traditional therapy has tendency to look at everything in the in the past. And I'm not sure that it doesn't impact you. But now that it's there, what do we do with it and how do we move forward with it? So, yeah. um, so I'm very action oriented and as a grief coach. So I don't have your, you know, your theory as a psychologist or a therapist, I have life experiences. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of grief at, at three different uh, stages. One, there's the initial shock of, of the experience. Um, then there's the, I, I'm moving through this. I'm following my, with my coaches saying, and I'm, and I'm growing and I'm feeling better. And then there's a relapse whatever, however, somebody might define a relapse, right? But there's mm-hmm. a, I feel like I'm going back into the pain again. So I want to ask about that. Um, and then there's the, um, I, I don't, it's not an end game, right? It's just kind of where am I now and, and who am I now moving forward? So those are the three areas I'm thinking about. What's something that you might say to someone who um, is in the shock of the initial grief loss what's something that you might say to them well what i would really say is and you even use this word is is normal it is it is normal for us to be sad for us to grieve when we've lost somebody who we love and so being able to understand that and saying it's okay give yourself that permission to go ahead and grieve and then you know, you talked about it as you're going through and, and you're starting to feel better. And you use the word relapse. I think more in our mm-hmm. world, it's like a grief wave, a tsunami. Okay. You know, um, and where those emotions may surface. And it depends on where you are and what tools you have. Then you call up those tools and say, okay, this is happening. What triggered me? How can I yeah. work through this? Yeah, you acknowledge that it's there, but then it's like, okay, this is not a place I want to be. I want to be able to move through it. Now it's like, oh, you know what? This is something that I talked to my coach about. And now I can, okay, take that and and move forward with it. Um, You know, and then the end is really learning to live without your loved one and yet not feel guilty about it. 
and to live right. a joyful, happy life and possibly even do something in their honor, you know, even mm -hmm. if it's smiling at somebody on the street. But, you know, the end is to be able to move through and continue on with your life in spite of your loss, yet still hold your loved ones, you know, true and dear to your heart and in your memories. Yeah. That's beautiful. Now, along the way, we're not going through this experience oftentimes by ourselves. Um, there's We have people around us. And one of the things that I've learned about grief is that we're not good at supporting one another through the grief experience. We often say things that make things that can be can make the experience more painful for the person who is grieving. Um, and I'm sure you have some examples of what that might be. So if you were speaking to the support network around a person who is grieving, what kinds of suggestions would you have for them? Yeah. Well, and Mary, I want to really thank you for acknowledging that it's difficult for people to support others. Um, again, it's what, as a society, what we've been taught and what we haven't been taught. And mm -hmm. So for me, as I stood in the reception line after my son's funeral, there were 300 people who attended his funeral. And I had people tell me, call me, let me know what you need. And I outright told them, I said, first of all, I'm not going to remember this conversation. I've talked to 300 people and I'm grieving and I will not reach out to you because it's just the way it is. And so if you're supporting somebody who is close, then rather than asking, waiting for them to reach out, do something for them instead. And it can be simple things. It's like, you know, their habits or ask what their eating restrictions are. Prepare, prepare a meal and drop it off. Or that friend, you may even just go and stay, but sit next to them, hold their hand. Just be there. It doesn't take conversation. I had a friend who was my crying partner. <laughs> I would be driving. And that seemed to be when my grief would hit me. And I would, she'd pick up the phone. I'd just say, look, I just need you to listen to me cry. And as I worked through that just wave, and it was sobs and sobs, and we'd get to the point where it slowed down, and then We'd have a conversation, she'd ask me, and then we would get to the point where we were actually laughing. But she hmm. was somebody who was there on that purpose. You know, um, and may I ask? Yeah. Um, so you're, is, I love this idea of the crying partner. What was her role? If I were to ask her, what was her role in being your crying partner? What do you think she would tell me? Just to listen until I got through that wave of grief and then talk to me and she made me laugh. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and, and she would ask me, it's like, what triggered it? And so many times it was just a memory, not just, but it was a memory of my son that would just really cause me to be very sad. And so then, you know, um, she knew my son as well. And so, yeah. I could share those memories and then we could wind up walking through that particular moment. So yeah, okay. she was, um, and knowing again, through the child losses, there's a lot of people that can't support it because 
it triggers in them their own fear, anxieties. And right. that's one of the things that it's at catch 22. It's like, who can be that person for me? Mm-hmm. Yet expecting somebody who doesn't have that wherewithal. And then I see so much strife happen in between right. the grieving person and the person that they want to support them, but they can't. And I think this person, our grieving person, my little puppets, <laughs> is is has some high expectations and, and they can't over here stand up to them. I think it's really important to have that outward conversation. And if it's two or three people, think of it, your tribe, your circle, you have some close people, then you have some that are further out and then further out and further out on different levels. And having a few of those really, really close people whom you can talk to anytime, anywhere, any place. Yeah. And then others that you can tap into um, for that support. But I think it's important to be able to have that. But it's intentional in asking people because they, you know, with child loss, it's really huge. You know, like I said, yeah. it, it, it scares people because they're, they then internalize and feel that what it would feel like as close as they can. Yeah. But then, you know, you mentioned what people say. I was going to just tap into that really quickly. Yeah. Um, people say, you know, things, they're hurtful, but not intentionally hurtful. They're right. um, in, in things like, well, you know, like a miscarriage. Oh, you can have more children or, you know, they're in a better place or something like that. Um, they're trying to help. Yes. Right. For lack of experience and know-how that they say the things that hurt. And what I encourage the grieving person to do in their own grief is to show compassion for others. We're trying to help you. Sure. Because I've seen people get angry when somebody can't help them. It's because they have their own insecurities and own fears. And I think it's... We need to evaluate who we are and where we are as we go through this as well. And if yeah. somebody says the wrong thing, it's because they're trying to help. I'd say 95% of the time there are others that, that are out there that are just hurtful. But when we look at the majority of it, they're trying to help and they're struggling with what to say. Yeah. And, and I think that this is one of those experiences where there isn't anything to say. Like, I don't know that there's the right thing to say. If there was, there would be books written about, here's the right thing to say, right? When yeah. someone you know is grieving. Well, you know, you there are things that are helpful. It's like, hey, you know, let me come over and clean for you. Or, you know, even something simple. Instead of saying, how are you doing? How are you doing today? Because that gives them okay. that definitive moment where you can say, what is today like for you? Right. Ask them, do you want to talk about your loved one? I want to talk about my family. And I do have um, one of my youngest daughter's mothers lost a child um, probably 14 years ago. And okay. she still can't speak of her daughter. And But I've asked her, you know, and I occasionally touch base and say, hey, are you ready to speak about her? But asking. But again, for most people, they want to keep that memory alive and not let their loved one's memories be forgotten yeah and it's our responsibility to do that to take care of our own grief um Mm -hmm. 
you know, again, it's like, well, nobody mentioned them at dinner. Well, did you bring it up? You know, at the holiday, did you bring them up? You know, did you mention them? And because as a griever, if I brought it up, then I've opened the door and given the group permission. Exactly. To speak. So there is a lot as somebody who's grieving that's on us as well to be able to, 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 to do this. Like I said at the beginning of this call, or if I didn't, I'm going to say it now, is that I think grief is one of the most challenging experiences that I've had. And I think as, as humans that we have, and, and part of that might be just um, kind of we have a low tolerance oftentimes for pain. And grief is going to push you right beyond your tolerance levels for pain, I think. Uh, there's so much more that we could talk about, whether you're the person experiencing the grief or you're the person supporting someone who is grieving. But for today, Peggy, I really am grateful for the insights that you have shared with us today. I hope that it helps uh, those listeners who are either grieving themselves or know someone who is um, to, to know that there are they're not crazy, right? <laughs> that yes. This is a, a challenging experience and that there's support out there. So where can people find you if they are in this place where they're ready for some support with their grief? Yes, thank you. And one of the things I want to encourage people is if, as you listen to this, if you find yourself in that place, reach out. And then if it's if you find that you know somebody else, please share this. Because 30 years ago with my first loss, I didn't have any resources. And it was a horrible place to be. So help yeah. somebody out. And so. In order to be, get in touch with me, I offer a 60-minute complimentary grief breakthrough session. It's through Zoom, and we get to connect and see if this is the right time and place. You know, as you're going okay. through it, are you ready? Do you have like that broken arm? You've gone in and you've experienced it. You have a little bit of a diagnosis. Now are we ready to take the next step in your healing process? Um, you know, busting it and then taking care of it through physical therapy. It's, it's so much that same sort of thing is that it is a process. And sometimes it's painful to heal and walk through your grief. But ultimately, you get through that. And yeah. life is okay. It's good that you can do mm-hmm. that. So the grief specialist with two E's because of the magnitude of my losses. So it's T-H-E-E grief specialist.com. You can schedule your grief breakthrough session there. Beautiful. I'm I'm uh, I'm respect so much the work that you do and I'm so grateful that people like you are out there to support those who are going through the grieving process. So thank you so much for your time today for sharing with us. Yeah, thank thanks for having me. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes, but most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.